Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Bay Area Podcast and the Believe Podcast Network, the Bay Area's number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Quick reminder, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes or available in your favorite directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And if you want to reach out to me personally, you can find me at Reichel Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to be looking at the Oakland Raiders and the San Francisco 49ers. They each head in to their Week 14 matchups in the NFL. We will once again look to provide all of you with important information and statistics that can help everybody make some money in the betting market. So without further ado, we're going to dive right in and start with the Oakland Raiders as they end up traveling back home to face the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee originally opened up as a one-point favorite. They've been bet all the way up to three, and the over-under has stayed at 47. Now, unfortunately, we're going to have to start on a down note because we're going to have to start talking about the Raiders' play as of late. They got absolutely demolished for the second week in a row as they ended up losing on the road to the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead by the score of 40-9, to which means that the Raiders have lost their last two games by exactly 31 points, as currently the Raiders have been pushed from a six and six record to a, I mean, from a six and four record to a six and six record, and they are currently two games behind the Chiefs for the division title. So it pretty much seems that the Raiders are, I don't want to say officially eliminated from contention in the AFC West, but it definitely does not look good moving forward. Which means that the Raiders' only hope of making the playoffs will be through the AFC wildcard spots and they're currently in serious contention for that. However, the issue that the Raiders have run into is based on their offense, which has been absolutely terrible over the last two weeks. The Raiders, in their last two games combined, have scored 12 total points. That is definitely not going to get it done in today's NFL. And the Raiders, after their physical brand of football, seem to be working for the first handful of weeks. The last two weeks, the wheels have absolutely fallen off, even though last win they've had against the Bengals. They only scored 17 points, and their offense has been struggling for the last three weeks or so, and it doesn't seem like any it's going to be getting better anytime soon based on what you've seen from recent performances, but hopefully a trip home will be able to rectify all the issues that the Raiders are currently dealing with. But to cover the stats from last week's game, Derek Carr ended up completing 20 of 30 pass attempts for 222 passing yards with one passing touchdown and two interceptions. However, one of those interceptions ended up being a pick six, which was the second straight week in which Derek Carr has thrown an interception touchdown. So he's got to do a better job at limiting turnovers as well as giving the defense a chance to turn those uh, that turnover into points. So we'll have to look on that. Uh, he'll have to improve on that moving forward. Josh Jacobs, though, did have a bounce-back week as he ended up having 17 carries for 104 rushing yards. Kansas City's rushing defense has been terrible all year. Unfortunately, though, the Raiders fell behind early, and they pretty much had to abandon their run, uh, the running game late in the second half. But Jacobs was great. He had 17 carries for 104 yards. Definitely a solid performance, and he is still going to be one of the front-runners to win the AP, the AP Offensive Rookie of the Year. So if the Raiders hope to get, if the Raiders hope to continue to give him the ball and to win then Jacobs will probably end up winning the award in itself, as Jacobs is the 
part of the Raiders' offense in itself. Switching gears, though, to the passing game, Darren Waller had seven receptions for 100 receiving yards, and Tyrell Williams had a very disappointing showing last week as he only had one reception for nine yards. It seems like Williams, who got into the end zone pretty much every game to start the season, has started to fall off in his production with the Raiders, and it seems like he might have peaked a bit too early. Defenses have started to game plan for him, and Williams has practically been shut down ever since. His last productive game, I'd say, was against the Texans a while, I'd say about a while back. He was okay against the Bengals, didn't get in the end zone. But as a whole, he's been pretty much neutralized over the last month, and he will look to get back to being as productive as he was in the beginning of the season in this Week 14 matchup. And now for the Raiders' defense, it has been this team's Achilles heel all season long in wins and losses. The defense was terrible once again. It only had one sack on Mahomes at four zero turnovers, and it gave up 33 points with the seven points uh, coming from the interception touchdown, which ended up leading to uh, some more points. But as a whole, the Raiders' defense couldn't stop anybody. They got no pressure. Mahomes had all day to throw. He picked them apart. The Chiefs also ran the ball pretty well. The Raiders were completely lost. They've been, they've been absolutely demolished with some injuries, and they have been unable to piece it together as of late. Look for free agency or even the draft. You're going to get some key pieces back in Jonathan Abram and some others, including Vontaze Perfect, if he ends up... Uh, playing next year, but as a whole, the Raiders have to com- try to completely revamp this defense during the offseason, because what they got now clearly isn't working, and they will look to piece together at least one good performance back home uh, on Sunday against the Titans. Now, for the injury report, uh, Raiders are, I'd say, relatively healthy. Some injuries to some key pieces, though, but nothing major. Cinder Rodney Hudson, who's been a staple on the, uh, in, on the injured list, was limited in practice, but he is expected to play. Josh Jacobs, though, did not practice due to a shoulder injury. He's expected to play in this game, but he still hasn't practiced, which is a bit concerning. Uh, moving on, moving forward, uh, defensive back Marcus Joyner was also limited in practice. He is expected to play. And one big new addition to the injury list was offensive tackle Trent Brown, who has not practiced due to a pectoral injury. And his status for this game is currently questionable. If he is unable to go, that will be a big loss as he has been tremendous in protecting Derek Carr uh, on one of the tackle spots. And if he is unable to go, it'll definitely be a, a drop off in production with the backup in comparison to Brown. But switching gears to the Tennessee Titans, they were able to beat the Indianapolis Colts by the score of 31-17 to on the road last week. Come from behind a win, they're actually trailing for a decent portion of that game before the they completely dominated the game in the second half in all three facets, and they were able to win the game by 14 points. The Titans are currently 7-5, and five, and the team that people thought was dead earlier this season with Mariota at the helm has been just fantastic over the last, let's say, month or so, as this team has reinserted themselves back into the hunt for the division title, and they are currently one game behind the Houston Texans. However, that division is going to get very interesting because the Titans and the Texans actually play each other in two of the last three weeks of the regular season. So that division will is completely up in the air depending on how those head-to-head matches matchups go. But the Titans will be looking for another win on the road on Sunday as they have to travel to Oakland. Now, talking about the stats... From last week's game, uh, Ryan Tannehill, the quarterback, ended up completing 17 of 22 passes for 182 passing yards with two passing touchdowns and zero interceptions. Derek Carr, I mean Derek uh, Henry, I should say, has been the absolute force that the Titans needed him to be in order for them to turn around their season. Although Tannehill has played extremely well, and in comparison to Mariota, he's been light years better. This offense still needs Derrick Henry to succeed, and Derrick Henry with his power rushing style creates third and shorts and manageable 
uh, downs for Tannehill, which opens up the play-action pass game, which the Titans love to, to run. And as a whole, Henry has been an absolute bowling ball. You can't tackle the guy. He ended up having 26 carries for 129 rushing yards and one touchdown last week. And he will look to continue his success against the Raiders' very underrated rush defense. But Henry is able to wear down opponents in the second half due to just his brute strength and his physicality. And one has to wonder if the Raiders will be able to handle that and potentially dish it back to Henry with the hopes of forcing Tano into some third and longs where they could potentially sack him and turn him over. Now, in terms of what happened last week in the past game, no one receiver actually contributed that much, but the Titans spread the ended up spreading the wealth pretty well as nine different receivers in that game ended up catching a pass. Tannehill was really good at finding open guys. He didn't discriminate. It was whoever was open got the ball. And Tannehill will look to continue spreading the wealth evenly once again on Sunday against the Raiders' suspect pass defense. Now, for the Titans' defense, they were great last week. They ended up having three sacks, two interceptions, and they also blocked two field goals with one of them coming, uh, leading to a touchdown that pretty much put the game away in the... Uh, second half. So Titans overall, defensively, they were great. Offensively, they were pretty good for the most part. Tannehill didn't do much with 182 passing yards, but Henry was great on the ground. T uh, Titans simply just game managed, and they let their defense and special teams take over the game, which is exactly what happened. And the Titans will be looking to get their eighth win on Sunday. Now for the injury report, pretty light. Tennessee has a decent amount of people healthy. If not, they're all limited in practice, and they are expected to play. However, there is going to be one Probable absence for this game, which is a big deal. Cornerback Adoree Jackson has not practiced this week due to a foot injury, and he is currently doubtful for this contest, which is a big blow to the Titans secondary. He's dealt with, with injuries all season long, but he's still one of their better corners, and if he is unable to go, that definitely could lead to some big passing plays by the Raiders, potentially to Tyra Williams, as he has been their deep threat all season long. Now, in terms of the trends here, for the matchup, the road team is actually 4-0 against the spread in the last five meetings, and the Raiders are 3-13 against the spread in their last 16 games in Week 14. So based on that, for the prediction, I like the Titans to get the job done by the score of 24-17, which means that I like the Titans minus 3 as well as the under 47. Simply put, the Raiders just look like, I don't want to say they quit on Gruden, but this team appears to just have just to have been overachieving for the first couple of months of the regular season. And now they've completely fallen back to earth. The offense doesn't work. The defense doesn't work. And now that uh, Hunter Renfro is also out, you've also lost some uh, key, a key weapon on the offense. I just think Tennessee is a very underrated team. They might be the most underrated team in the entire NFL. I think they're actually going to win the division. I think they've been that good. Titans defense has been great. With Bayard as well in secondary, I think he could potentially intercept Carr once again. Carr's got to watch out for him. But Henry's a bowling ball. I don't think they can tackle him. Uh, Tannehill's been really good. Carr's looked pretty pedestrian over the last couple of weeks. Jacobs is good, but Tennessee has been pretty stout defensively with their front as well. And I just don't think the Raiders are going to score enough points. And the Titans will take some slow, methodical drives with Henry to ice the game late. And the Raiders aren't exactly a big play offense either. So I think this will be on the lower scoring side. But at the end of the day, I think the Titans have too much talent, and I think the Titans will get the job done. So, I like the Titans minus 3 and the under 47. However, if you want more information about the Raiders exclusively, Believe has you covered. Check out the Believe in Raiders podcast hosted by Brad Williamson, where he will lay out the keys to victory for the Raiders this week against the Titans. If you're also interested in advertising for the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Now, switching gears to the main attraction once again on Sunday is going to 
be a matchup between the San Francisco 49ers as they travel to New Orleans to take on the New Orleans Saints, and that game will be at 1 p.m. Eastern time. New Orleans open up as a three-point favorite. They've been bet down to 2.5, and, and the over-under is currently sitting at 44.5. Now, a quick recap of what happened last week for the 49ers. The 49ers lost a very tough game to Baltimore on the road by the score of 20-17, which was culminated by a game-winning field goal by Justin Tucker with no time remaining. The game was played in pretty much a monsoon. It was rain. Neither quarterback could really throw the ball. Both ground games were relatively even. But at the end of the day, Baltimore just made a few more plays with moving the chains in the last mi- last few minutes, and they were able to get themselves a, an opportunity for Tucker, in my opinion, the greatest kicker of all time, to uh, end up winning the game, and the 49ers, as a result, due to their loss and the Seahawks' win, are currently in the five seed as they are currently losing the tiebreaker to the Seahawks, which means that they will not be hosting a playoff game if the playoffs started today. However, the 49ers can easily still get back into the division lead, so this game is actually extremely important for the 49ers. Can't really say the same about the Saints, but I will get into that in the future. As I'll start out with the 49ers recap. Now, talking about the stats from last week, Jimmy Garoppolo ended up completing 15 of 21 passes for 165 passing yards with one passing touchdown and zero interceptions. Once again, the weather was terrible. Garoppolo only threw 21 times for 165 yards. He couldn't really stretch the field due to the weather conditions, and the 49ers played it relatively safe, relying on the ground game as the main source of offense while relying on Garoppolo with some short dump-off passes to tried to keep the defense honest. It worked for the most part. Garoppolo was pretty efficient, but at the end of the day, they simply just didn't score enough points. However, leading the way in the ground game was surprisingly not Tevin Coleman. It was Raheem Mostert, who was absolutely fantastic last week, as he had 19 carries for 146 rushing yards and one rushing touchdown. Coleman did pretty much nothing, didn't really get many reps. Mostert was just really good, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him get more touches moving forward. It appears that Tevin Coleman is starting to look like the odd man out in this crowded backfield. Hopefully that's not the case, because Coleman looked really good earlier this season, but based on what you've seen from recent game flows, etc., it has not looked promising for Coleman, as Mostert has looked pretty good. Breed is expected to come back, and even Jeff Wilson has produced in the short yardage game, as well as the passing game. So, it's a little bit confusing to wonder how the 49ers will, will divide up all the carries, but right now, i got to assume Mostert will still get a decent amount of touches next week, as he is currently the hot hand. Now, as a team, the 49ers were great. On the ground, they ended up having 29 carries for 174 rushing yards, which is equivalent to 6 rushing yards per carry, and they also had one rushing touchdown. Now for the passing game, Devo Samuel had 2 receptions for 41 receiving yards and 1 receiving touchdown. Very nice catch. It was He was surrounded by Ravens, was able to come down with it, as most of the Ravens lost a sight of the ball. Samuel did not, and he was able to score an early touchdown in that game. George Kittle, though, did practically nothing as he ended up having two receptions for 17 receiving yards. A lot of that was based on the fact that Baltimore was content on doing whatever they could to stop him. They decided to try to phase him out of the offensive game plan entirely, and the really bad weather definitely did not help him create some separation down the field, as the 49ers didn't really attempt many down-the-field passes. So Kittle will look to bounce back in a dome with much better weather against New Orleans, who has been pretty solid defensively as well. For San Francisco's defense, though, they were they were very solid last week in containing Omar Jackson. Omar Jackson 
is going to be the league MVP. Baltimore was averaging, was scoring 40-something points in pretty much every game leading up to that over the last month or so. San Francisco's defense actually did really well. It only had one sack, but it only gave up a total of 283 yards. The 49ers actually outgained Baltimore in that game, so you can argue that San Francisco maybe deserved to win the game itself. But their defense was great once again against probably the best offense in the entire league. And they will look to, for another solid performance on the road against another elite offense in the NFC against an elite offense in the NFC with the New Orleans Saints. Now, for the injury report, unlike the uh, Saints, a lot of injuries here to report for the 49ers. Mostly good, but still worth mentioning. Tight end George Kittle with a knee and an ankle injury was limited in practice. Cornerback Richard Sherman has a knee injury. He was also limited. Offensive tackle Joe Stale with a finger injury was limited. Running back Matt Breida with an ankle injury was a full participant in practice. He will be playing this week. And wide receivers Emmanuel Sanders and Debo Samuel were both uh, full participants in practice, and they are also expected to play in this game. Now switching to the Saints, they were able to beat the Falcons on the road on Thanksgiving by the score of 26-18. Saints controlled pretty much the entire game. It got very dicey late as Atlanta ended up recovering uh, three onside kicks. One of them didn't count, but Atlanta just recovered every onside kick late in the game, and... They ended up getting the ball back with a chance to tie it, but New Orleans' defense hung tough, and they were able to win that game. As a result of that win, uh, New Orleans is currently 10-2 overall, which means that they have already clinched the NFC South division, so they've already clinched a playoff spot. They're still going to be fighting for home field advantage in the postseason, as they will be fighting with either the 49ers or the Seahawks or even the Packers. So there's still a lot to play for for the Saints, but they've already clinched a playoff spot, and they will look to... Uh, potentially stay in the Superdome for the entire playoffs leading up to the Super Bowl, if that is possible. Now, recapping the stats from last week, Drew Brees really wasn't that great. 18, pa uh, 18 completions out of 30 pass attempts for 180 passing yards, one passing touchdown, and zero interceptions. Running back Alvin Kamara had 11 carries for 61 yards. Taysom Hill, though, was really good as he ended up having two rushing touchdowns. He was great. I still don't really know what his position is besides offensive weapon, but either or, he was very solid, and he will look to continue potentially uh, being used as a Swiss Army knife to keep San Francisco's defense off guard. Other than that, though, uh, wide receiver Michael Thomas had six receptions for 48 receiving yards, and tight end Jared Cook had three receptions for a team-high 85 receiving yards. Cook's been really good the last couple of weeks, and San Francisco will definitely need to game plan for him, as he has become one of Breeze's favorite targets in the offense. Look for Cook to be a huge weapon in the red zone in this game. New Orleans' defense, though, was the story in this game, as they ended up sacking Matt Ryan a whopping nine times, and they also forced three turnovers. They were great. They're going to be at home for this game after having to play on the road, and they will look for another solid defensive performance against San Francisco. Whether or not that happens remains to be seen. I doubt they'll get sacked. I get. I doubt they'll get nine sacks again based on San Francisco's great offensive line. But New Orleans will look to get after Garoppolo, and the defensive line has the capabilities of wrecking any game plan. Now, for the injury report, relatively light. Uh, unlike the 49ers, as offensive lineman Teron Armstead is limited in practice with an ankle injury, and fullback Zach Line was also limited with a knee injury, as they are both expected to play in this game. Now, for the trends in this game, the 49ers are 5-1 and one against the spread in the last six meetings between these two teams, and the Saints are actually 2-7 and seven against the spread in their last nine games as a home favorite. So, my prediction for this game, I like the 49ers to win outright, by the score of 24 to 20, which means that I like the 49ers plus two and a half, and I also like the under 44 and a half in this game. New Orleans, I know that this team is supposed to be really good, and the record's really good. 
Something about Breeze to me just looks a little bit off. I don't really know what it is. He just hasn't looked as sharp as he normally is. The ground game also hasn't really worked. They've been trying to balance out Latavius Murray and Elvin Kamara. But Kamara's been pretty much a complete non-factor. And if you've owned him in fantasy football, I have not. But if you have, you have realized that there's been a massive decline in his production. Uh, New Orleans had issues running the ball. Uh, I think that based on the fact that San Francisco's defensive front is probably the best defensive front in all football, I think they'll get after Breeze and they'll force him into some tough spots. And I think San Francisco, even though New Orleans' defense played really well last week, I just think Atlanta does an absolute mess. I think the 49ers should be able to use ground and pound to eat up some clock. I think they should be able to stretch the field a bit with Kittle and Sanders as well as Samuel, who are all healthy. And I think you should see Garoppolo play pretty well in the play-action game. I think Garoppolo, for the sake of this team, is for the most part a game manager, as I think this game will mostly come down to the ground attack of San Francisco against New Orleans' defensive line. But New Orleans is a better defense whenever Marshawn Lattimore is on the field. That's common sense. They are terrible when he wasn't, and now he's back, which is a big deal for the Saints. But as a whole, though, I just think San Francisco is too big up front. I think New Orleans' offense will settle for some field goals instead of touchdowns. And I think the 49ers will be able to win a nail-biter. I think, I think Breeze will have the ball in his hands with a chance to win it, but I do think San Francisco's defense is stout enough to stop him from scoring on the last possession. So, I like the 49ers to cover the 2.5, and, and I also like the under 44.5. However, if you want more information about the 49ers exclusively, Believe has you covered. Check out the Believe in 49ers podcast, ho- uh, podcast hosted by Rashawn Haylock alongside 13-year NFL veteran Eric Davis. Once again, quick reminder, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available on your favorite directories, Spotify, Google Play, Citra, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And if you want to reach out to me personally, you can find me at Show Radio on Twitter. Other than that, though, that's going to be this installment of Betting Bay Area here for Week 14 of the NFL season at, uh, with the Believe Podcast Network. Good luck to all of you and your respective bets today. Bye, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.